162 games of the baseball season and winter comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for a baseball fan is finding a good way to watch it. Like maybe going to the park or watching on TV or just catching the highlights. Watching Gary Sanchez strike out a hundred times or seeing Judge hit a bomb. Bang! Bogart's making plays, Rafi hitting nukes, or Barnes blowing a save. Arguing with your friend, making dumb bets, or complaining about your team again. As you can tell, there's a whole lot of stuff to hear before winter comes again. Come on, y'all. So chill with us, cause Gamby and Beal are gonna say it all. So chill with us, cause Gamby and Beal are gonna say it all. Manfred! Gamby and Beal are making a podcast. Hello, and welcome back to another edition of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Andrew Gambardella III, the Yankees fan of this podcast. And usually joining me is my best friend and co-host, Matthew Beal, but he will not be able to join us today, so you're just stuck with me today. Uh, Beal is getting ready for his wedding. That is why he cannot make it. Um, I will be there. Um, It's at the end of the week, but he's got a lot going on going on. So I, I am very grateful that he's been able to make time the past couple weeks. Uh, but it's wedding week. I can't wait to go to the wedding. I'm sure it's going to be beautiful. And I can't wait to eat some really, really good food and just have a great time celebrating uh, Beal and Braylon. Um, the Beals, Mr. and Mrs. Beal. But to the podcast today, we're going to talk about, at first, we're going to talk about a little bit about our New York football giants. And then we're going to talk we're going to recap the wild card series in baseball and get into some new predictions for the rest of the playoffs because I did not pick a single wild card series correctly if you listen to the last podcast show and Beal picked the Mets to win it all and they lost in in game 3 in in a heartbreaker well, they really got dominated by the Padres in Game 3. So, Beal and I have decided just to restart our playoff predictions with starting at the ALDS like it used to be um, because the Wild Card Weekend was insane. It was great baseball. Uh, but before we get to baseball, the New York Football Giants, I mean, them beating the Green Bay Packers in London the first time ever that two winning, two teams with winning records were in London, did not disappoint. The Giants hang on to a 27-22 victory. They're playing hard for their co- new coach, Brian Dayball. He is putting everybody, it seems like he's using every player to their max ability, especially on our offense with an okay offensive line, 
except for Andrew Thomas at left, left tackle. We got Evan Neal, young first rounder at right tackle, who's been struggling. Daniel Jones is banged up. But other than Saquon Barkley, this offense does not have – the average fan does not know another player on this offense. Darius Slayton this weekend looked great as our wide receiver one. Um, but, yeah, the defense didn't give up a single point in the second half. Wink Martindale, defensive coordinator, hats off to him. Thank you for putting on a show. This has been the first time. The Giants are 4-1, and one, and it, it kind of stinks that the rest of the division is very good. The Eagles at 5-0, and oh, the Cowboys at 4-1 and one as well, already having beat the Giants already this year at MetLife um, two weeks ago. But there's hope in this team. This Giants team feels like a scrappy playoff team. Maybe they sneak in as the seventh seed like the Eagles did a year ago. And they're a year before they're actual ready to take a jump. Now, I, I I don't think this is a Super Bowl team. Beal thinks otherwise. Beal thinks we can go on a miraculous run like we did in 2008 and 2012 um, when Eli was our quarterback and we had Yuman Yora, uh, JPP, Justin Tuck, and we had D-lines that were incredible. Now, I'm not saying Kevon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari and Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence. That is a great defensive line. That's the strength of our defense. No doubt about that. And honestly, making both lines on both of your teams, I think, is the most important part of any football team. You see it with Dallas. They've won four straight games, all because of Micah Parsons and Dexter and uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Um, those their defensive ends, mainly Mike Parsons looks like the best player in the NFL, not named Patrick Mahomes or uh, Lamar Jackson or, or Josh Allen. So the, the best non quarterback in the NF, in the NFL is Micah Parsons. And, and that's why that team's four and one. See it with the Eagles, one of the best O lines in the league at five and oh, you, you and, and a solid D line led by Fletcher Cox. So you see it across the league, the best teams have a great upfront, um, either it's a great D-line or it's it's a great O-line, and they're usually well-coached. They're well-prepared, um, and I think you can say Mike McCarthy's gotten some heat, and and rightfully so with his use of timeouts for the, for the Cowboys, but, I mean, he showed it with, with the Packers. He was always able to put a winning football team out there, and Dallas looks scary right now. So does Philly. And so does our New York football Giants. Next week, the Giants get another tough matchup, another matchup that nobody thinks the Giants are going to win. Um, that is back at MetLife Stadium against none other than the Baltimore Ravens coming off a huge win on Sunday night against the Bengals. Beals texted me. He's once again 100% confident that we're going to pull off a stunner. Um, he's predicting rain in the forecast. He's predicting an ugly game. And, and he predicts Saquon to rush for 100 yards again and get another touchdown, which honestly, that's how we have to win every game. Saquon has to be the star of the show. For me, this game, Lamar Jackson is just going to be too much for our defense. We have not faced a quarterback like him this year. Uh, there, there's not many quarterbacks like him. I, I would say 
the only in that upper echelon tier that the top three right now has got to be Josh Allen, Patty Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson. I, I don't want to face any of those guys in any game. And I'm very glad that they're all in the AFC because that just makes the Giants job easier to get to the Super Bowl. But once again, I don't think we're a Super Bowl team. We're going to sh- struggle with this weekend, but we're going to keep it close, surprisingly close. And I think we lose this game by eight points. I have the Ravens um, topping the Giants this weekend, 31 to 23. Now we get on to baseball. We, we The new playoff format did not disappoint. The wildcard series, there were some epic games, notably some epic just giveaways by team, epic blowups by teams, notably the Blue Jays blowing blowing a four-run lead in the eighth, and St. Louis collapsing in the ninth, their closer collapsing in the ninth inning against the Phillies in that game one, and the Blue Jays did that in game two. And in a three-game series, any collapse whatsoever, any swing in momentum, it kind of just ends the series right there. The the Cardinals, the next game, did not score a run. They were not able to recover. So, I mean, there is really – there's not much to say about the wild card weekend because there's only one game, one series that went to three games, and that was the Mets against the Padres um, after DeGrom pitched well. But Scherzer did not pitch well in game one. You saw across the league, it, it it was teams that there were a lot of close games. Cleveland Guardians and Tampa Bay Rays. Cleveland wins two to one in Game One, and one to nothing in in Game Two. That went fifteen innings with a walk off home run uh, against Corey Kluber, his old team in the Guardians, and, and Cleveland. It was a wild weekend. I, for one, did not pick any single matchup correctly whatsoever. Not a single matchup correctly. But Beal picked the Mets to win the World Series. So we decided that it's a wash. The the, the wild card series is a, is a wash. It, it happened. Uh, it we weren't we weren't ready for it as podcasters, and we apologize to to the fans, to you guys for for making absolutely abysmal picks last week so this week we decided clean slate we're gonna wipe it off the board we're gonna learn from our mistakes and and re replay the the uh the prediction and i i'm recording this this podcast with at 5 30 p.m eastern standard time uh, on tuesday the ALDS series have already started with the Phillies hanging on to a late win against the Braves, seven to six. Um, the Braves score three in the ninth, but come up just short in a game where Max Freed for the Braves did not pitch well at all. He got he didn't even last four innings. Who was their ace all year? So the Braves are up against it. They're five game best of five series now, not a best of three anymore like the wild card, best of five series. Beal and I in this matchup, despite this, going into this 
my last prediction, I had a Braves-Yankees World Series with the Yankees winning it. I still have the Braves, even knowing this, and, and Beal and I even knowing that the Braves lost game one. We're both taking the Braves. I just think they have a deeper pitching staff and a better lineup. And a 7-6 game I don't think is going to deter them. They will take game two. They will steal one in Philly, and it will go go to five games. It's going to be a hard-fought rival rivalry series. And what's pointing out to me here is that Padres-Dodgers, same division, rivalry. You had Astros-Mariners in the ALDS, same division, rivalry. And then you have this series in the Phillies and Braves, same division, rivalry. It, it's all about storylines and, and storybook, which is what I was going with my upset with the Tampa Bay Rays knocking off the Guardians, which did not happen. But when I made my playoff predictions last week, I did it based on who I thought was the better team. This week, I will be doing it based on storylines, storylines alone. So with the Braves Phillies, I have the Braves matching up against the Dodgers. I have the Dodgers taking down the Padres, who have been hot of late, but this Dodgers team is so loaded and so deep. And, yeah, I I just think Freddie Freeman left the Braves after they won the World Series last year. That's too good of a storyline to pass up. Kenley Jansen, the closer for the Dodgers, they let him go, and he's now the closer for the Braves. Braves-Dodgers, just too good of a storyline to pass up. I'm going with the storyline, Braves, Dodgers, and the NL. In the AL, we have the Yankees facing the Guardians. Terry Francona's last season. You have Jose Ramirez um, for Cleveland. With the news that Scott Efros, the bullpen for the Yankees, needs Tommy John surgery, who was a linchpin in this Yankees, Yankees bullpen, the bullpen looks a lot more shaky now. They're going to need Domingo Herman, Jamison Tyone, they're Clark Schmidt. They're going to need two of those three guys to take a huge step up. Tyone has been and Herman have been good starters all year, but if they can do if they can replicate that out of the bullpen, those kind of performances, I'm not worried. But it's a big if. DJ LeMahieu also not on this playoff roster, dealing with a toe and a f- toe injury and a foot fracture. And Cleveland very healthy. They have one of the the best one two three punches, arguably the best bullpen still left in the playoffs, except for the Astros, who have the best rotation, the best arms. But I think Cleveland has the best bullpen. Um, with Emmanuel Clause as their closer, who arguably, other than Edwin Diaz this year, had the best year as a as a closer. So I just think I think Cleveland is going to be a problem for the Yankees. There's no doubt about that. Um, Karikak and uh, what Trevor Stefan Stefan, the other two guys in that one two three punch. They've already blanked the, the Rays. They have a great one-two punch in Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie. And after all that buildup, it's Judge's year. It's the Yankees' year. And, and this is the one matchup that is not a rivalry. It's just two good baseball teams, not in the same division. They haven't seen each other very much all year. I think the bats of the Yankees 
take them over the top of the Rays here, and they're able to out-hit Cleveland and outlast Cleveland and hit Cleveland starters before getting to the bullpen. So I have the Yankees here. Beal, on the other hand, thinks otherwise, thinks Cleveland is just going to ride their great finish to the year. They're going to ride the coattails of Terry Francona, and he, this is his upset of, of the ALDS. He has Cleveland topping the Yankees. Um, and in the last series that we'll talk about, the team that should be not should not be named, the Astros, I can't root for them. Right. So, but again, with the storylines, this Mariners team, first, first time being in the playoffs since 2001, they have a young budding superstar in Julio Rodriguez as their leadoff guy. Um, Excellent five tool player. They have a loaded rotation with Luis Castillo headlining as their ace um, after acquiring him from the Cincinnati Reds at the deadline who the Yankees were very much trying to get, and the Red, the Reds end up taking the Mariners' deal. You, they also have the Cy Young from last year, Robbie Ray, and they have Louis, uh, Lucas Gilbert. They, they have a 1-2-3 punch at starting pitching. The Astros, already mentioned, incredible. But they haven't really been mentioned. They've been able to just coast the rest of the they, – they haven't played competitive baseball – had to play had to play competitive baseball in a long time. And when you don't have to play competitive baseball for a long time, like the Dodgers haven't either. I just think they're a juggernaut and I don't think the Padres are all there. But I think the Astros in a shocker, I don't think anybody would be upset except for Astros fans. Nobody's rooting for them. Everybody's rooting for the Mariners and I think the Mariners pull off a stunner against the Astros. Beal thinks otherwise. Beal's going with the juggernaut. He's sticking with the Astros to get to the World Series. So Beal has Astros and Guardians matching up in the ALCS and the Astros advancing to the World Series. And in his bracket in the NL, he has Dodgers-Braves with the Braves outlasting the Dodgers in a seven-game series and getting to the World Series. And he now has the Braves beating the Astros in the World Series. You can't put it any any better than that. He, he thinks the Braves can repeat, and, and I don't hate that call because I had the Braves in my initial prediction getting to the World Series. I also have a Braves-Dodgers matchup in the NL, but I'm going on the other side of the fence now. The Dodgers are a juggernaut. They choke a lot. Yes, they, they've only won in that COVID year, their last World Series. They're, they're almost due in a way. They're so loaded. Mookie Betts, Max Muncie, Cody Bellinger, just to name a few guys on, on that roster. I mean, they're absolutely loaded. Will Smith, you go up and down that roster. Kershaw, Julio Urias, Walker Bueller. I mean, it is it is it is incredible the amount of talent that this team has has amassed and they have a questionable bullpen, which, which might be a little bit of their, their downfall, that, that that's where they're a little bit shaky, just a little bit. Fred, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, though. I mean, too many bats to turn away. Justin Turner, guys who have done it in the playoffs. I think this team 
gets to the World Series. And I already said I have the Yankees now facing up the, with the Mariners, reminiscent of when Randy Johnson, um, the kid, Ken Griffey, and, and A-Rod were back on Seattle the last time they made the playoffs. And the Yankees were, were able to defeat them then. I think it's reminiscent of, of that now. Again, Julio Urias, a young stud. Lucas Gilbert, a young starting pitcher, stud. Luis Castillo, stud. I mean, and Ty France let another um, an all-star snub this year. And uh, an excellent young budding superstar, just a, a young team. And I think the Yankees and this veteran team reminds me a lot of when I watched them in 2009. A lot of veteran leadership and guys now who are battle-tested and led by a rotation with Nestor Cortez, flamethrower and Garrett Cole, and getting Severino back before this playoff stretch is humongous. Him as our game three starter will change the dynamic of every series because you know he's going to go out there and he's not just going to just going to pitch. He he's going to he's going to try to maul you with pitches. I mean, he's going to just try to throw it right by you. He's going to challenge you and I love the emotion that he puts into the mound. Him and Nestor Cortez, they're not silent when they do it. They they're dogs. They they really just go after it. And and I have not seen that in, in recent in a lot of recent years with the Yankees. There's always been one Achilles heel for this team, and it's never been the bullpen. And this year, they their question mark going into the playoffs is the bullpen. It's not the lineup. It's not the starting pitching. It's the bullpen. We'll see if that Achilles heel comes back to bite them. I'm praying it doesn't, obviously, as a Yankees fan. And Beal is praying that it does because – the bullpen being in your Achilles heel means more and more heartbreak for Yankees fans. And I just don't want to see that, but who cares? I have your Yankees Dodgers world series, bringing back that rivalry two of the biggest clubs in the whole league two the two biggest clubs in the whole league. We haven't had a matchup like that with two headliners in the world series in a long time. And, and bringing back when, when the Dodgers used to be in Brooklyn, um, against the New York Yankees when the Yankees uh, have always been in the Bronx, but storied franchises matching up in the world series, one on West coast versus East coast. I, I just love that as a, as a world series matchup. And by then the Yankees will have Andrew Benatendi back. DJ LeMay, who should be healthy. Ron Marinaccio speaking on that bullpen has been the best bullpen guy we got out of the bullpen. Um, this year, most consistent with that nasty changeup. He should be back by the ALCS to shore up that bullpen. I like I like my Yankees to take it all. Beal has the Braves taking it all. I don't hate that either. They're a juggernaut of a team led by the Max Olsen addition from the offseason with the A's. Um, I've, of course, Ronald Lacuna back from injury, did not play in the World Series last year. He's still still fighting to prove that he is. I mean, he's already a champion, but but he wants to win one when he's on the field. Dansby Swanson, Travis Darno, as mentioned before, Max Fried and that Spencer Strider rookie 
probably the rookie of the year in the in the National League, riddled with talent, but they're already down 1-0 to the Phillies. Do the Phillies have some magic in them? Um, I don't know. We'll, we will see, and I can't wait for the rest of the playoffs. There's there's only so much that, that we can control as fans, so... Just enjoy, enjoy it. Enjoy this baseball. Enjoy the NFL being here. Enjoy the MLB playoffs. The NHL is starting up um, right now, so welcome back, hockey. Um, the NBA is getting close. They're they're a couple weeks away from starting. College basketball is right around the corner. Pretty soon we'll be at March Madness. So enjoy the time you have now, and enjoy playoff baseball because pretty soon we won't have any baseball at all. And that's, that's very sad. And for Beal and I, that is, that is very sad. Thank you for tuning in. We love you guys. Enjoy your sunsets, your sunrises, your brunches, your lunners. And Beal usually takes us out, but I'll take us out today. I wish Mr. and Mrs. Beal this weekend, the happiest wedding. And I can't wait to celebrate it with them. Love you guys.